Crossover podcast where you get comics, pop culture, and sports, and it is pop culture time as we are finally getting around to doing Wonder Woman 1984. God, it's been a while since we've done a uh, comic book movie. I can't remember the last comic book movie that we did. It was probably Jesus. Was it Birds of Prey? Holy fuck, that's a while ago. If it was Birds of Prey, but uh, here we are. We've done some Star Wars and a lot of sports in between. But uh, I got a big, uh, big round table here for this uh, Wonder Woman 84. We gotta, we gotta dissect this one and take it apart. We're gonna be performing surgery on this movie, I think. Uh, joining me today, special guest. Hey, he hasn't been on in a while, but we're glad to have him back. Brandon Fleet. How the heck are you? Good, Matt. How are you? Oh, hey, guys. All right. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, taking it one day at a time, but. Glad to be talking to the uh, glad to be talking to you once again about uh, comic book films, specifically DC films. Uh, also with us today, making his triumphant return. Also, Mike Leapock. How are you, Mike? I'm doing okay. Thanks for having me back. All I right. skipped an entire year. Yeah, it's apparently <laughs> when we were crunching down the numbers, there it's been a while. Jeez. Yeah, 2020 uh, kind of sucks, so I just ducked out for that one. Fair, yeah. <laughs> like most people, we just kind of were like, hey, let's pretend this doesn't exist. Uh, but uh, also rounding out our little, uh, I guess it'd be a square table, not a round table or a rectangle, whatever you want it to be. Rectangle. That way we're socially distancing, I guess. Uh, Rob Callflesh, how the heck are you, Rob? I'm all right. Thanks for having me again. All right, uh, great to have you back on. Like I said, here we are talking about Wonder Woman 1984. It's been out for a while. The Warner Brothers testing the uh, the resolve of whether or not we can uh, maybe completely eliminate movie theaters from existence if people are willing to just cough up the money to see, you know, films at home. I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure this movie did decently as far as uh, what they are calling "quote unquote" box office right now, but. Uh, you know, the, the returns are going to be weird, too, because, as always, there's going to be people who, uh, you know, wait a day and then pirate this sort of thing. But uh, there's foolish people like myself who who coughed up their 30 bucks for this one so that they could watch it at home. It's kind of a weird experience just, you know, watching something that I hadn't seen in theaters yet. But uh, decent, fun little Christmas Day uh, treat for us to watch uh, Wonder Woman 1984. But, uh, you know, we, we, we've... This this DCEU, not quite the high-hitting uh, money-making machine that the Marvel Cinematic Universe is. But, you know, we've we've seen some 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 DC movies that have been uh, downright trash. We've seen some DC movies that have been uh, a lot of fun. Like I really enjoyed Birds of Prey, and uh, we'll get ready to talk about one that's just kind of uh, okay, I guess, sort of. Some... If you could make the Marge Simpsons sound of her just going mm, or whatever, yeah. that that would be an appropriate response. Yeah. Okay. I know how Mike Leapock feels about this, so we'll save him for last. Uh, Brandon, I want to get your take. I want to get your quick take out the gate. What? What? what how did you feel about uh, Wonder Woman '84? Uh, you know, I I, I kind of liked what it was. Like, I enjoyed the the viewing experience, you know, having the whole family around, like you said, sitting around, it's a nice Christmas treat kind of thing. But, um, you know, quick hot takes, 
It's not a movie. There's two openings. There's no real ending. It's kind of like a Scott Snyder comic book ending. I thought, it, which is kind of funny. Wow, you know, that's a great. That, <laughs> sorry, you know, sorry to that's a great uh, comparison. Good lord, sorry. Continue. And, and like, uh, it, it's uh, you know, there's a lot of like, um, like sentiment with no um, context, and there's no like Diana doesn't seem to care about anyone except for herself, which is like the weirdest thing ever. Because like, and we'll get into it more later, but like, I still don't understand like Jeff Johns. Why is he a co-writer on this? Uh, like, out of all the like amazing work that he's done at DC. Like he doesn't like his his Wonder Woman stuff doesn't stand out to me, you know, and we'll get into some other stuff later. Matt, maybe privately. I have some theories about like the Batman movie and some other stuff. But like you got Rucka that you could have tapped. I know he was working on the old guard at the time. You got Gail Simone. I know she's a, you know, a person with a a vagina and opinion at the same time, which is apparently like taboo in today's society. But that's scary to, you know, white folks like us, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But like, whatever you think of her as a person, which I think she's pretty damn cool. But, uh, you know, I don't agree with everything she says, but I do think that her run on on Wonder Woman was awesome, Um, uh, which was like early 2000s. Right. Um, And like, like, I just think there were better people in, in the stable at warner brothers who are like contracted by dc if you're going to get a comic book writer you know just like why are you going back to the same old well with jeff johns you know he's we got a green lantern movie coming we got batman projects that look a lot like you know earth one like there's other stuff that he can be working on like i don't get it um and that's kind of my hot takes um yeah <laughs> I, think, I think uh the reason for that I mean, just from my my opinion, sitting from afar here, it, it seems like they're trying to get Jeff Johns to be like their Kevin Feige, where he's like the, the gatekeeper for DC, and he's the guy who puts together all the movies, which is, I got to tell you, so far, not working. Um, yeah, he knows how to write female characters, like Stargirl, you know, uh, mm-hmm. is a good example of that, like both on screen and, and the book, like it's based on his sister, you know, obviously, uh, tragic passing of his sister but like Mm. i just don't i don't know why but i don't think that he has a grasp on diana or and i don't think anyone does i don't think patty jenkins who didn't write the first movie does um you know she's she wrote monster so i can't like you know she's obviously a good writer although that's somewhat based in like fact but um loosely but like i just don't i don't get how they assembled this writing team and how they decided that like this is this is the story we're going to go with and this this is going to like people who are one wonder woman fans and two superhero genre fans are going to love a movie about a self-centered diana prince it's like <laughs> what like what are we doing here like there there was no moment and kind of they tried to wrap it up with her saying a bunch of shit that didn't even make sense at the end of the movie it, to kind of to everybody uh you know that you got to make sacrifices and love and whatever. I don't know what the hell you're saying. It doesn't make any sense, but like there was no connection to her and humanity. So why the hell did she bother staying around after Steve Trevor died? If, if that wasn't growing, you know what I mean? And, and she's supposed to have found that again in, in, in like when she first showed up in BBS. So it's like, there's so many more interesting things that you could have done and they didn't do any of it. They just kind of, I don't know. Like, I don't have any feelings. I I loved some of the set pieces. I thought it was fun at times. It's like, 
it was a roller coaster emotionally because I was so invested in scenes, but I wasn't, there's not a single character that I cared about. And it seemed like they were too busy making Trump allegories and yeah. everything else. like to, you know, they got a blonde salesman standing in front of the, you know, the, the U S presidential seal. And then like, Oh, Oh, I know what you're doing. Like, thank you. Like, yeah. I don't yeah. Know. Pascal playing the uncanny Valley of people. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good way of putting it. I mean, it was neither it was it was neither clever nor relevant. Even though I like Pedro Pascal just chewing the scenery, num 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 num, in every uh, every scene that he was in. But you're right. If we want to just get into the third act, right, right off the hop, I mean, oh. I I I I will say I like the fact that the climax of the film was Diana not just beating max lord into dust until you know the day was saved it was like her you know okay using her you know words and sentiment and i guess matronly sort of uh wiles in order to make that happen but it, it, at the same time the way it happened made no sense whatsoever like like their heart was in the right place it's just the execution was was trash yeah oh i can't get the lasso in there but oh it, it happened don't worry about it yeah well like it just bothers me because the only kind of comic book ending that I hate more than just a, a beat em up ending where it's like, oh, we solved our problems by just, you know, beating everyone up is the ending where like we all hold hands and wish for something or or like this kind of thing, like like the end of like the joke I made, like the Scott Snyder, like end of death metal ending. We'll just all become an antenna and this kind of like, OK, like I, I don't care, um, you know, Wonder Woman, the biggest thing that she had to get over was letting go of the past which she kind of got over in, in the first film and so she didn't really do any growing and and nobody really no one had like a proper like traditional character arc and i'm not going to fault someone for trying at like a less traditional like film structure i guess or, or but i just like i didn't feel like i was watching a movie i felt like i was watching i was like popping in and out of a person's life and and you know I, it, it's great <laughs> like i i don't know what to say i just didn't i didn't connect with the story because of of like the ending didn't work the there was two beginnings the you meandered in the middle the, the second fight scene that like that that uh that scene in the desert like the, the truck scene is like over an hour into the movie mm-hmm. and it also doesn't like it's it's the second fight scene why haven't we you know had more and it also doesn't make any sense. It's just like, oh shit, we haven't had a fight scene. So they're like, I guess we give them a, a, a bunch of soldiers and then Diana will attack them for no reason. Like, you couldn't have just called him on the phone or something. Like, all she wants to do is like, give me back the stone. But she doesn't know at this point that he's using it for evil, just that the stone is evil. So yeah, she kills and- a bunch of soldiers to get to him to try to get the stone. Like that yeah. Without any evidence of, like, wrongdoing. Yeah. <laughs> exactly it's like oh there's the guy and and uh, he has the stone so i'll just get out of this moving car and go the other way like they they didn't even do anything to to one find them and and didn't achieve anything by executing the scene like you said it's like what what are we doing yeah 
she didn't really have any actual factual tangible evidence that Max Lord was a bad guy either. She just just kind of like, hey, he's on TV. That means he must be sleazy and untrustworthy, <laughs> right? And it just and then she was like, oh, you know, he he tried to purchase the stone off the black market. That must mean he's a bad guy. And I'm like. Well, not necessarily. It could just mean he's some guy who wanted to, you know, some like, again, he's on TV. He could just be some rich scumbag. He's like, oh, I want to own this gem so I can brag about it to my other rich scumbag friends. Right. Like, you know, which is. Yes, something but he's that... a collector. So let's throw a car at him. Exactly. Right? <laughs> so like, it just, oh, man, it, it's just it was really like I think the, the overall fundamental problem with this movie to me was I, I mean, I, beyond what, uh, what what Brandon was saying, which I, I 100% agree with, is that we, we were getting a, a very emotionless and somewhat selfish Diana, Prince of Themyscira, which, you know, doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But you just shouldn't do two villains in a movie. I mean, let's let's just let, let's just call call, you know, the problem what it is. Right. It's just I, I I'm is there a comic book movie that we've seen where doing like multiple villains with multiple arcs going on has worked. I know some people will say Batman returns, but uh, you're wrong. Cause <laughs> that means you haven't watched Batman <laughs> returns recently. Uh, but uh, like, I, I just, I mean, Batman returns is probably the closest and, and Batman returns is about nothing in the same way that this movie is kind of about nothing, which is, is just so God, well, it's so strange. I, oh, like the dark Knight. You see the, the the flip, the Harvey Dent flip. Yeah, like, I guess you're right. And he, but he... and it's just, and I I understand it's all orchestrated by the Joker. But then like, you, and and that's the rationale there. Like, if you don't have one driving force throughout the film, I understand what you're saying. If you have these two, um, mm -hmm. like you you have you spend an hour with this character, getting to know her in Kristen Wiig's uh, character, like uh, you know in in her version of Cheetah, and and then you, uh, which I don't like Cheetah, um, sorry. And, and then Harsh. there's like a, just a moment. I don't like her. I don't like the character. Um, but like, ironically, we can go back to that, um, later, but, um, any version, any, 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 any version of Cheetah, but in any case, um, you spend an hour with her and, and if you do buy in, which I did, you know, for, for whatever it was. And then, I got no reward for my investment in the character because she just became like a, I don't know, like a, like a body, not a bodyguard, but like, you know, kind of like a, I don't know, like a second in command for a few scenes to, uh, to Pedro Pascal who, you know, like, and was he then the driving force of the film? Because it didn't seem as though he was, you know, up until that point I had been following, you know, um, Kristen Wiig's character, you know, and just seeing a few scenes here and there with Pedro Pascal and his, you know, weirdo, uh, you know, oil adventures, you know. <laughs> so I, I don't I don't get I don't get that. I just why why spend all that time on a on on what really probably for the sake of the story is kind of like a secondary or even tertiary character, you know, at that point. Like if you're going to and then why use Cheetah at that point and why yeah. cast Kristen and I, I, and also I, like, sorry, what? No, no, I was gonna say, I just, I, I felt like I was as, as again, as much as I love Pedro Pascal, just chewing the scenery and every, every, episode, every uh, moment he was on the screen. I just, I, mm -hmm. I was definitely more invested, and they, they, they put a little bit more time and in, in, uh, into developing 
that kind of relationship by making them friends and then they fell and you know they're just doing classic storytelling stuff with that and then like oh it can fall apart and then they have to fight at the end and she's got to put her best friend down and stuff like or or like what is perceived as her best friend down and, and instead they they just went for quite frankly what i thought was the lazy thing of like well we'll just make pedro pascal's max lord like trump and then everybody will just instinctively hate his character even though it was like no, I kind of want him to, you know, like I kind of want him to look like a big shot in front of his in front of his son there. I'm like, this yeah, is but like, even right. with like like with the Kristen with Cheetah uh, with Kristen Wiig's character, they only went like halfway through it. Mm-hmm. Like they they started them off as kind of friends and they little, and then her whole thing was like, ooh, I want to be like sexy and strong like Diana, and so then her wish was granted. Mm-hmm. And then a very real wish, by the way. Go ahead. Yeah, it, right? Who wouldn't want to look like Al Gadot? And then basically the god is just like, just take off your glasses, you all go. Um, yeah, that And then made her slightly more right agile. Now. Like, that's kind of it. And then, but then, like, her next wish to become, like, Apex Predator didn't really make much sense to me no. because she got her wish. She got everything she wanted. Yeah, and that, so, was, that was the other thing. Like, they were very, very loose with the rules of the the wishing stone. That uh, that it's like you can get one wish, you know, unless you want another one. Yeah. That, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's but exactly but he was right. feeling generous in controlling the wishes. You can just dole them out to your heart's content. I guess, yeah. I guess. Like they, they, I guess, yeah, because like they re, like he really handled it home. He really handled it home with his uh, with his son going, you know, like no, don't waste your one wish and crap like that, right? And like, yeah. And then and then uh, and then later he's just like, ah, I'm feeling generous. You want to be a cheetah? Because we got, you know, we got to give the, you know, you know, the fanboys and fangirls what they want because they're gonna want to see Kristen Wiig as as like. I guess a slightly better version than the Taylor Swift version of Cats, but uh, you know, I was I I wasn't too I I didn't feel the need to be as harsh on the. And on it was the... just like this weird like disconnect. Like it was like the people who wrote the third act of the movie didn't read the first act. Like was this some sort of weird like party game where they're like, "Lol, guys, you're gonna write this part, and you're gonna write this part, and we're gonna see." what happens yeah exactly like it's uh, like you're given a cue what do you think should happen at the end of this movie well what you think should happen is that diana should do the instinctually opposite thing that any other writer in the history of wonder woman even those that you probably hate would do and she's she's not going to save her villain or even attempt to like she's she's literally like well are you gonna stop no okay sorry and you think she kills her <laughs> yeah or you I think she like... you know you know what i mean and like they bring her back but that's not by diana's hand like if you want to go back to my my joke earlier about uh, gail simone gail simone's like throughout her run does a thing where wonder woman constantly is saving her villains you know and it causes her problems further down the line but it, which is also a mechanism that that she can then use to create more material i understand the benefits to that writing style in a sequential art form which maybe doesn't apply to film the same way but you know to take that element away from diana seems so foreign you know um to feel to never feel like the extent by which or to which she feels remorse is like well sorry i'm gonna electrocute you now and you might die I didn't, you know? yeah, and it was weird that they were she was also submerged in water yeah and somehow why did only... she not get electrocuted <laughs> yeah. because she's the alex frost suit that he didn't get paid for Right. Yeah, I guess right. <laughs> Since yeah. took over, apparently they're not paying any, or like he claims, Ross claims that they're not, uh, they're oh, not like man. doing the like monetary considerations that they used to. And, but and whatever. 
It, uh, yeah, yeah not only was uh, Wonder Woman also submerged underwater when that happened, um, she's also wearing um, metal that yeah. presumably would have amplified it or, you know, helped conduct it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, Unless like, that was it's the special other thing was... and it's actually, oh no, that's what kept her safe. <laughs> that was but, another thing you know. where they they kind of blew the payoff for that armor too, which I, oh, I didn't... it did not last very long. It's, yeah. it's out of the box. It's no longer meant. I... It, it it also didn't make sense necessarily that she put it on because she already renounced her wish and got her powers back, which was one of the things that you know the the the, the dreamstone you you make your wish and then it starts taking something from you. So Diana and I was kind of into that storytelling wise was the kind of you know vulnerable uh, prin- uh, princess of Thamascara, you know where she still had most of her powers but they weren't all there. So like even though it was in that ridiculous highway chase scene that as Lee Pock pointed out earlier made no goddamn sense narratively whatsoever people were just shooting at her for no reason and but you know she's getting cut and stuff and walking around bleeding and and you know running out and you know not being able to use her the the full complement of strength and whatnot and um that was one of those things that was really loose. They didn't really mention that in the third in, in, until like the third act where uh, Pedro Pascal's just kind of like yeah I, I I you know the the thing takes things from you and I was like Okay, I, I guess it does that. Because I'll tell you what I initially thought was, I thought that when uh, Kristen Wiig made her wish, I thought it was actually like siphoning the power, she was siphoning the power from Diana. And then that yeah. they were going to, you know, go with that story. And I'm like, oh, that's friggin' interesting. But, you know, it, it wasn't that. And it turns out she had to like, you know, renounce her wish, which was, they didn't even establish that you could do that. They just sort of did that right before the third yeah, act. And, of and, yeah, well, I mean, no, no different than everybody else making their wish. Wishes, um, I guess you don't have to be touching the stone to renounce the wish, <laughs> or yeah. later on to even make the wish. <laughs> very, <laughs> yes, they, yeah, they change, very, very they, loose. Yeah, the, the rules are very loose. They change them constantly throughout the movie. Um, it was like, and can I say that movie was, it was so long? Yo, yeah, yeah. so long, you guys. 20 minutes, way too, at least 20 to 30 minutes too long. Way too For long. For sure. I think I messaged Mike, I was 40 or 50 minutes in mentioning how far into the movie I was and nothing's happened. Yeah. 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 Like, he says I'm 40 minutes in and I don't care about anything that's happened. And I responded with, you know, that doesn't change. Get ready for another two hours of ambivalence. <laughs> yeah. Geez. Yeah. yeah. Definitely way too long. A problem that would easily be solved by cutting it down to one villain. Right. Like tell a, a... usually I'm always like, I'm playing the Millhouse card of like, when are we going to get to the fireworks factory? This one, as I was going through, I was just thinking, is there even a fireworks factory at the end of this? <laughs> yeah, I just, I just want to go back to the, to the, well, to the Golden Eagle. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Jet, there you go. Yeah, that sequence was actually kind of fun, even though it was like, why are we doing this? <laughs> like, it was just like, yeah, cool, yeah. the invisible jets here, I guess. Um, but like, oh I just my want god, to go back that was to so the... stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hated that. In the same goddamn sentence, he says, "I'm gonna go fly away," and then. You know, no one can see me, and she's like, "Uh-oh, radar. Doesn't matter if it sees you. Oh wait, I can make it invisible." I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was just like, yeah, what about it? Was just they just wanted the to same, do the invisible jet. The That's all it was. Sentence they yeah. both introduced <laughs> and then refuted radar. Yeah, I, I like the idea of how, like, how Wonder Woman gets the invisible jet. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was but, better I mean, than her just being like, I have a jet that's invisible. Yeah. yeah, the execution was, you know, something to be desired. 
but uh but i like the idea that she was doing whatever powers that hid the the island and all that it's like okay that's cool yeah 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 uh, i I fully understand the radar stuff and all yeah, I, I I bought the thing that it was like she's like I can't I can only do it in small doses or whatever the invisible thing I was like okay I'll buy that for the sake of having the you know the fan service of the invisible jet exactly. but it was also like weird because you know they were like we got to get to Cairo let's steal a jet and it was like and what, what from was, the museum it's already topped up on fuel <laughs> yeah and it was just like why are there do they have jets also there? he hasn't been there he hasn't been there in 40 <laughs> years and yeah. he picks up like one that was built like three years ago yeah <laughs> sorry may uh, i interject here because we were ahead. talking about a couple of things that i i think can all be solved with one one small fix and again i'm not a filmmaker so i apologize to the filmmakers uh but there's two intro scenes. One of them makes no sense with the whole like weirdo trapeze uh, thing that the kid version of Diana is going through, and she cheats, I right? I like that. No, I, but it, I, have, I have problems no, with there's that. There's context other than like it doesn't do anything other than one bring back Apolita and mm-hmm. like you know some of the Amazons and stuff like that, Antiope and so forth, and and then like but but. Okay, so strip that away and put in a scene where she's doing the thing, where she's learning to turn shit invisible. You know what I mean? And have have Hippolyta or Antiope, probably Hippolyta because Antiope didn't ever want to say it, but show her and know that, because Hippolyta knows that she's Zeus's daughter. Antiope may or may not, right? Because it's a flashback. So, okay, like have her teach her this skill and then have her cheat at it somehow or have her like, you know, hide the cup from her mom. See, I did it or something like that, you know. Um, so then and then don't bring it back. And then when you get to that point in the movie, when she says, oh, I can do this thing. Oh, she's de- like there's been a development. It's not like, hey, I'm just bringing up this thing for the first time in this scene. And the first uh, last time in this franchise, I to a cup and now I'm going to do it to a plane. Yeah. And I'm never going to mention it again. Guaranteed, like you said. And, yeah. and and could do that little invisible thing scene at the beginning with the kid Diana and Hippolyta, and maybe have Antiope come in or like mouth off to Hippolyta, but you should be teaching her magic or some crap like that, right? And and do that and teach the same lesson, like don't cut corners, you can't, you know, cheat at things, you gotta go the long road sometimes or whatever the you know, the point of that scene was. And and make it a short scene so you save that little bit of time. No one's sitting around for an hour waiting for the second action sequence of the film well i guess they still would be unless you did some additional editing but at least like there there's things that happen that are paying off along the way oh she didn't just get in a plane and do this you know like she was trying it last week that was what she implied like as a full-grown adult like a week ago i uh, i made a cup disappear okay and now i'm gonna do it with a plane perfect no problems oh it's really hard oh it's done you know like Whereas, I don't know, it just bothered me. Whereas if you if you had started that back then, if that had been part of the competition or if she had made herself invisible or made some, you know, to get to the end or cheated, you know, do something with that mechanism. So it's there before the scene you're going to introduce it in, you know, and I feel like it, it was Jeff Johns who guaranteed does absolutely 100 percent love Wonder Woman and love all DC characters around the time. That's why we have Barbara Minerva because it's like the cheetah that's like around the time when he was growing up. Um, and, and like, it, I, I get that he loves all this stuff, 
but you can't come into a meeting being like the former chief creative officer of DC and be like, okay, we're going to get the Kingdom Come armor, we're going to get the invisible jet, she's going to fly, we're going to get the lasso of truth to save the day somehow, and there's not going to be a big fight sequence, it's going to be like an emotional thing, and we're going to jam the scene full of so much hyperbole that you're going to vomit. Like, <laughs> these, like I, I understand these things all sound like great things that are like cornerstones of Wonder Woman, but if there's nothing else there, then, you know, like you kind of miss the 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 Wonder Woman part of all those things. Like those are just those are just things in a comic book. Those aren't those are nods. Like they're not they're not a movie, you know. Sorry. Yeah, it's it, no, it's it's I, I completely agree. And narratively, I think you wrote an opening that was far more interesting than what we got. Even though I did kind of like the Amazon Olympic sequence as as hacky. It's like at the end it, or it something. Was fine. So it ends up yeah. being okay. So young Diana was like the javelin was taken from her hand, so she couldn't throw it and all that. And it's like you can't cheat. Blah blah blah. Okay, how was she cheating? What are the actual rules? Because yeah, along uh, the way, yeah. she was shooting a bow and arrow to hit some targets. Did she have to hit all the targets? Were those just identifiers so that yeah. the people in the Coliseum knew where she was? What mm-hmm. What's the ultimate goal here? Because if she throws it and it goes through the ring, okay, well, you, you forgot to hit targets four, five, and possibly six, so yeah. you're disqualified. Yeah, you yeah. Cheat or not, you didn't win. <laughs> Yeah, she didn't really cheat either. Yeah, she didn't really cheat either. She just kind of like, she looked back to see, okay, like how close are they? And then got knocked over and then was like, crap, I guess I'll just kind of slide down this middle thing and get back on my horse. It was like, she got on her own horse. Yeah, I know. She she kicked somebody off. If if when she got knocked off her horse, if she kicked somebody off their, their horse and stole their horse and continue the race, that would be cheating to me, right? It's not like she was well, Bill Belichick the out there like filming the, the other rules. Amazons, right? Like, fuck. Judging by the rest though. of the movie, the rules probably changed halfway through the game. <laughs> yeah, well played. Yeah, I suspect it was forgotten that they were hitting markers along the yeah. way. So you're right. <laughs> the, golden, the Golden Eagle armor thing, too, to me, because it, it, it was... There was no reason narratively for her to bust it out either because she had renounced her wish and gotten her powers back at that point. So it wasn't like she needed this extra boost in order to beat Max Lord. So it was just weird to me that they had this thing in there. They they had this built-in thing where where she could have, you know, she was losing her powers already. So she was like, I got to bust out this armor to help me fight. You know, in the third act, and well, she didn't need act... any physical boost to beat Max Lord. By the end of the movie, Max Lord had the physical prowess of Montgomery Burns. Exactly <laughs> right, yeah. But like, she was just like, you know, I need this to go beat people, and it's like you really don't, but you would have if if you hadn't like renounced your wish yet or whatever. And then, but also apparently, really, she really didn't need it because it showed up and then it got torn to shreds in the first ten seconds of the fight. Yeah, exactly. And allegedly, Linda Carter was able to like you know, use that to hold back, like, I don't know, the 300 or something like that, which is how they made it. <laughs> but they, they weren't apex predators. So, I guess. Yeah. You know. <laughs> what a line that was that too, where, yeah, that, that was just, God, so weird. Well, you know what? We've been beating the movie up pretty hard. Why don't we like, let's, let's flip the script and talk about some of the things <laughs> we like, Rob, why don't you kick us off with something they actually liked in, in uh, the, the wonder woman 84. Cause there is good stuff in there, despite the fact we've been beating Tons. it up for like a half hour. Like, well, I, I liked uh, when she was uh, using the lasso to, you know, swing along lightning. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I that enjoyed new. that. that was, yeah. That was new. Um, I really can't off the top of my head think of anything. I just watched this last night and I can't <laughs> think of anything else oh, <laughs> because I just did not care. All I, right. 
How about you, I've Mike? Something. Dig deep. Uh, so dig deep. What do you got? I'm going to dig real deep, and I'm going to quote Liz, uh, my yeah. wife, who watched this with me. And mm-hmm. her favorite things were her white outfit and oh, her blue yeah. outfit. That, yeah, the, the white outfit. When I she just remember that one, that, yes. was, <laughs> that was something else. My, like the, my Neanderthal dude brain, obviously, was like, whoa, hey now, <laughs> right? And then... Uh, <laughs> But at the same time, they were doing like stuff that was so. That was really nice. It, yeah, but at the same time, they were doing stuff that was so bad, normal, like so bad narratively, or not bad, but just like corny narratively. Because she showed up in the pure white dress, and uh, Kristen Wiig showed up in all black. Right? It was like. Yeah, honestly, on. the entire time, I, I felt like I was watching a Joel Shoemaker movie, and I was like, "Look, just because it's set in the '80s yeah. doesn't mean you need to film it as if yeah. you were filming <laughs> in the '80s." Okay. Yeah, but they also love it. Yeah. Love they those, love those caramel butts, you know, and Joel Schumacher. You gotta love it. Yeah, yeah right. Saying, and like rubber nipples shit, and whatnot. Like, uh, yeah, like freaking though. First, the the fight scene in the mall felt like it was filmed. It was from like Home Alone. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, dude, that that mall scene was one of the better scenes in the film. We talked about. That's the yeah, kind yeah. of thing you you want to see in that movie. Like, come on, like. You want to see joy and like connection with humanity and that character. <laughs> the way she connects with the like the, the the pretense like the hanging the girl over the, the balcony was a little bit much. Like even, but I did like that they wrote it. <laughs> yeah. like, I was even, confused by that. Even the other people in in like in the gang were like, "Whoa, what are you doing?" Whoa, it's like, nope, like uh, I'm not part of that. You know? Yeah. Wait, I don't yeah. want to go back, so I'm gonna hold this kid over the second floor and drop her. So yeah. that's a surefire way of going back. <laughs> yeah, I know. Good it's job, like, it's buddy. Like, it's like, dude, right now you were catching like a year with parole. Now you're talking like life for trying to murder a child. Like, good lord, any lawyer worth their salt will get you put away for, for the rest of your life. He's like, I ain't even, going back. Even Lionel Hutz could win that case. Yeah, God, that was bad. I, I just, I mean, I did kind of like the mall fight sequence, even though like the Gal Gadot was clearly on a wire for most of that stuff, and like the stuff with her like running on air was really awkward and shifty yeah. looking but you know all it was all that stuff sorry to interrupt uh yeah. all those movements reminded me of the matrix because mm. they were clearly on wires too um yeah. or just the idea of a kid well, playing with, with their toys <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah like what's but wait what's wrong with any of that like like there's there's no. over 100 years like of, of kung fu cinema you know at this point that are all all amazing wire work i think you know like we got to suspend disbelief somewhere and it's like true do, do you want true. <laughs> like well-executed wire work or, or do you want an hour of people talking about a monkey's paw and like yeah. you know make uh, vague references to you know desire like <laughs> yeah so i yeah i'll talk Fair about point. yeah so Let's like i'll talk about what i think is the best scene before i go to what i what i what i truly believe was the worst scene in the movie the like the best scene i thought was the mall fight sequence diana shows up the costume's bright the golden lasso is just you know uh it, it's it's shines she's using it to whip these like dudes butts and then you know like she's protecting this child while also like you know connecting with her by doing like the superhero wink and whatnot to her while she goes cool and that i thought gave she was the most diana in that moment and then they never really got back there um totally. yeah for for the rest of the film for me and to me the worst scene in the movie and i wish you kind of alluded to there brandon was the the scene where they're explaining how where, where they like first off, they're in Cairo, and then they make a phone call to uh, like they make a phone call to Cheetah, 
from Cairo again on like a payphone. They were like, "Hey, anybody got a quarter? I gotta make this." I guess they called. <laughs> like, did they have collect calls in, in 1984? They're like, 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 man, they they got the bill for that one. Just have to collect call from Cairo. And then they were like, "We'll be right there," even though they had no plane and no whatever, and were completely like lost in, in Cairo, and she was losing her powers. The next scene, they're just in some like place and they're like hey we're in this record store that this guy runs and this this horrible dude in a bad wig is just like yeah my people research the, <laughs> the, the, the dreamstone from like years ago and the dreamstones existed since the dawn of time and it has been responsible for the fall of many a different big god that was that was the that like that their big exposition scene was was it's really nice that they stumbled upon comic trash. book guy uh, who could you know basically explain the entire history of this mystical yeah. artifact like you know I guess forty feet from where they were before <laughs> and just an awful awful dreadlock wig too like just just <laughs> that that bit was was straight trash um, yeah what about you Brandon what do you what do you like in this movie. Um, well, you know, there's, there's a lot to like, um, the, the obvious, uh, point to, to make is, is I like Chris Pine in this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he's fantastic in the film. Um, and whoever said, uh, I'm sorry, I I didn't catch this when you said that the wardrobe was incredible throughout the film. Oh yes. The white one and the blue one, but also, yeah, the rest of it was actually really good too. Like that was one thing that I I also actually really liked overall was just the the eighties look. Mm-hmm. was really really spot on yeah the uh the thing you you were just talking about the the cairo uh uh well we talked about it a couple times but like the scene that 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 followed the action sequence right matt so like um my other favorite scene in the movie and i know this is like the b movie watching like i'm wearing a you know uh b movie t-shirt right now because i love like terrible fucking garbage movies but um, the, the moment when Diana saved quote unquote that child in the middle of the highway and then while the kid's still in the air they cut to the scene where it's just clearly a dummy and a stunt double and you just see <laughs> the dummy just like bounce off the pavement and rolling with Diana and it's just clear oh, like, they, like, like they, they didn't try because it's like oh well it's so fast and no one will notice I noticed and it was awesome <laughs> <laughs> you know? I'm gonna have to go. I didn't catch that. I'll have to go back and check that and check that bit out. Thing is stiller than like you know like a piece of wood. It's fantastic. It's like if that kid is that still when you're saving it, uh, dead. Oh, that's so. Yeah, that, with, with that scene and a different rating for the movie, that child doesn't survive. Congratulations, yeah. you rescued a corpse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Best scene oh. of the movie. Yeah, I guess I mean I guess we spend, should spend a little bit of time talking about Chris Pine. We haven't really. I mean, he he was he was delightful in it. I I just I I the, the scene when they were fighting in the White House. And if it sounds like it, we're jumping around and it, like I mean, if you haven't actually seen this movie and you're listening to this podcast, although I don't know why you would, but like I'm just imagining how it's hilarious. And like like if you were just listening to, to us talk about it because we're bouncing around you'd be like what fight scene in the white house what fight scene on a street in the middle of like on a highway in the middle of cairo what and yet what still there's an hour and a half between every fight scene <laughs> exactly you're right you're like what why is this like in a mall in the 80s jesus what movie was this like it's like are they talking about the same movie or three different movies which is really what it was because this the answer is this yes is just, 
four different. Yeah, exactly. It's just four different movies in, in one here. And it's just, it yeah. seems to me like it could have been um, like a limited series or something mm-hmm. rather than being one super long movie. Yeah. Break it up I, into, uh, you know, two, three or four episodes as it were. I just needed to tighten up the script a little bit. That's all. They, they, there was no reason to go to Cairo. There was no reason to have two villains. Just tell one villain story and stay in the 80s. You're fine. Mm-hmm. I concur. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> the, um, the bit that I, I, I was weirded out. I, I was kind of... This is another thing where they, they, where they were extremely loose with the rules of, uh, of the... Uh, of the Dreamstone, because Diana makes her wish to have Steve Trevor back, right? And and Steve Trevor doesn't come back on his own. Like, he quantum leaps into some dude. The guy looked like Discount Christian Slater, I guess. And, and like, he, he quantum leaps into his body. And then it's just for the, some reason it's Chris Pine. And that made no sense to, like, the way they, again, to the way they did the wishes. It was just like, okay, Diana wished to have Steve Trevor back. Okay, that's fine. He's back now, and then when she renounces him, he, you know, disappears and is gone. So I don't know why they felt the need to spin the web of of him quantum leaping into this guy's body who we don't care about. I guess it was just so Diana could have this moment at the at the end where she's talking to him and he doesn't remember her, and she just kind of goes and he. It was just so they could have her kind of like, she's going to be okay moment. But at the same time, it was like he probably could have done that anyway. There was no reason for chris pine to 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 be in this guy's body or be living this guy's life or having this guy's wardrobe or it, it just i don't know that 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 bit to me was like i just i mean I, it didn't ruin the movie for me i was just kind of sitting there going why did they do that it's just i don't yeah. know what were your thoughts yeah because all like, of his like discovery stuff where he's like oh look at all these neat new things that i haven't seen because i haven't been alive for yeah. you know 40 I'll- 45 years is because like they, that could have all been done in Diana's apartment. Exactly. So yeah, so I don't know. It was it, it was just weird to me that they that they took that that particular. Uh... Well, also with the looseness of the rules of the Dreamstone, is other things were very clearly conjured out of thin air. Yeah. Why could like, Steve not be? Because well, yes, okay, so it took took over the buddy's body. Okay, so was he just asleep for the whole thing has no recollection presumably because he had no idea who diana was at the end but then also uh you know did they sleep together because at the end uh diana well they definitely like, did yeah so it's like uh hey you've been inside me he's like wait what <laughs> yeah God, I, I, I actually like my own idea that he's just an 80s business guy and so him losing like a week of memory is just fine. He's like, whatever. I was just on a coke binge. It's fine. Yeah. Happens all the time. I mean, I, I. He's too busy living, you know, being an '80s guy to actually remember all the time. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> My bonitis. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, man, we're going deep with the uh, <laughs> with the Matt Groening references on this podcast. Um, yeah, I just, I mean, let's let's. I mean, I guess we should get into Pedro. Let's get into the villains. Let's get into Pedro Pascal and 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 Kristen Wiig. Quickly point out to you that uh, I've just registered discountchristianslater.com and I'm starting my uh, Christopher <laughs> Paul Aloha uh, fan yeah. site. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're... 
I asked what he looked like. Talking about, but uh, no, it's perfect. It's perfect. I've, I've been trying to figure out a good domain for that fan yeah. set. I, I want to start. So. He was. Thank he you. was a. He was officially. Uh, he was officially credited as handsome man in the uh, like, yeah, in the in the credits of this movie. But oh man, and, like, I'll have to put that on my fence. Like, yeah, 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 for sure. Handsome best man. known as best known as handsome man in yeah. Wonder Woman '84. <laughs> and and the forthcoming uh, Jurassic Park uh, or Jurassic World sequel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very exciting. So we already dipped it. The movie, so, it'll be another Chris that takes over his body. <laughs> and, and <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> they just run the gamut with just all the vessel. Then, <laughs> yes, yeah. Is he typecast just... this vessel for 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 actors named Chris? Yes. Yeah, yeah, sure. They, we just we just do the Chris Wars within the Wonder Woman movies. They all come in and play them one at a time. Yeah. So, oh. so who's left? What what's Hemsworth's? Uh... Yeah. body takeover gonna be for him we gotta think of a big franchise maybe a ghostbusters sequel with just him <laughs> yeah. good lord oh man. pedro pascal is maxwell lord um i mean we, we 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 touched on it they were obviously trying to do some like uh gordon gecko meets donald trump sort of 80s guy thing that 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 was uh <sighs> Somewhat poorly executed, but Pedro Pascal is just such a delight and so fun when he's on the screen that you're, you're just kind of like, I, I was I was rooting for him to be like, yeah, man, let your son know you don't suck at the end, <laughs> right? Like, because to me that's a that's a very real motivation for a a um for for a villain in a movie is or just not even for a villain, just for anybody in general, but for a guy for for someone who's like, I want to be a big shot and I want to be a big shot in the eyes of this you know, son that I have and I want him to think I don't suck and I'm, and I'm a big shot. Like those, those are real life motivations that I kind of bought. And one thing I did enjoy that this movie did was when Maxwell Lord gets the, um, even though it happened like weirdly at the beginning of the third act, I was expecting it to be one of those things that had where, you know, he chases the rock, uh, and, and then makes his wish at the end and then, you know, wishes for ultimate power or whatever. And, and, you know, I was I was expecting the cheesy, like I want to be, you know, like like the Jafar of it all, where he's like, I want to be the most powerful, whatever in the world. And then when he he took it and he was like, I want to be the Dreamstone itself, so that I can, you know, it, which was kind of genie esque, but which like, is what happened in Aladdin, <laughs> Aladdin affair. But like I I I like that that was the wish because it was like I because he okay, he so got everyone to make his says wish. like if if a genie gives you one wish, what do you wish for? You wish for a million wishes. Right? Exactly, right? And so yeah. that's what he did. He just did it in a, you know, kind of slightly more clever way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I kind of like that. It was a guy who'd clearly thought about what he was going to do, right? He was just like, okay, okay, okay. I got to make it count. I got my one wish here, right? Even though, again, we they were loose with the rules and some people got more than one wishes, but we don't need to get into that again. But he was just like, okay, okay, I got to make it count. And I want to be the Dreamstone. And I was like, okay, I didn't see that coming because, again, I, I – my, I guess my dumb brain was just like, ah, he's just going to wish for like ultimate power to be super rich or something like that. And and then when he was like, I want to do this thing. And then he kind of, you know, spent the rest of the the movie going around granting these wishes and stuff. I'm like, okay, that's, I'm buying this, even though it got a little dumb when he was like, you know, people were coming up to him and he's like, you know, don't you wish these things for me and stuff like that. I was like, that was, was yeah, it's a good thing. The stone understands context. 
Yeah, and it was it was yeah, and because also the, earlier, just all the Dreamstone nonsense. Did Diana even say her wish or just think it? That was another thing that was loose to the rules because I don't think she said it out loud either. Because she, yeah, she, she sure I, didn't. I think you're right. I, she she sure was just didn't, like, right? she thought about it. She kind of was like, you know what I'd really like? Yeah. And then like touched the stone and it's like, <laughs> yeah. and the stone's like, I got you, Bay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because yeah, she, like, cause what was it? Kristen Wig basically said to her, do you know what you'd wish for if you could get one wish? And then, you know, she thinks back to her saying that and holds it up and she goes, boy, I sure do. And then it was like, <laughs> yeah. and then all of a sudden uh yeah like we said uh, chris pine was in discount christian slater's body for some reason um mm-hmm. yeah but just him chewing the scenery was a, a goddamn delight i i kind of like some of the stuff that, that like but goddamn it was fucking wild when he was in like the white house talking to the one person on planet earth without a decent ronald reagan impression i just i i could not <laughs> for the life of me wonder how that guy got cast as ronald reagan and like like there are like five impressions that every like man on the planet can do like christopher walken bane etc and like ronald reagan is is pretty up there on the on the on the easeability scale were they trying to actually make it reagan because he's credited as potus Mm-hmm. I guess, yeah, but so it was, I assume it was, it's it just generic, generic president. Yeah, and it was it was supposed to be Reagan. I mean, let's not yeah. let's not kid ourselves. It was supposed to be Reagan in keeping with the like, because you know, like that's another thing that 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 people have decided to do is retroactively go in in, in light of of ending the Trump uh, saga allegedly at the recording of this podcast. Still alleged. Uh, we got like eleven more days or something to go on that, uh, but. You know, people have retroactively gone back and been like, well, let's take a look at what that guy did in the 80s. And it was like, wow, you got to, I don't know, like, like, you know, going back 40 years and relitigating people, it's just like in, in completely different times and in war times, it's just weird. So it just added to kind of the hack, to me, it added to kind of the hackneyedness of, of this character's being, you know, a, a, a thinly veiled and, and poorly constructed and quite frankly lazy trump allegory right where he's also going to walk up to to <laughs> he's going to walk up to reagan and be like reagan what do you wish for and reagan's dumbass wishes i need more nukes <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> it's like his his wish wasn't like god i wish things were easier or, or world peace or anything he's just like i need more nukes like, and he I says already like, nuke new russia yeah 15 <laughs> times into the ground but let's make it an even 30 <laughs> Yeah, we want to make sure the zombies don't come back. Ah, that was bad. But I have to say, as soon as um, Pedro Pascal first walked on screen, I was like, "Oh my god, he looks like Dave Chappelle doing his white man bit." (laughs) He did a little bit. (laughs) My God, Phil, don't touch it. (laughs) (laughs) It was a little bit like yeah, because they definitely made him look pastier, right? Yeah, they they make him up pretty hard. Yeah, Uh, yeah. But I mean, you know, on purpose, just to be like, hey, it's Pedro Pascal trying to be a white guy. Everyone knows what he looks like. So we may as well just really lean into it. I was like, oh my god. Can you imagine if they had done this in the other direction? Yeah, I, I saw a great tweet. I don't. I wish I remember who it was so I could give them credit. But it was like Pedro Pascal was the best slash worst father of 2020, basically. So he was the best father as the Mandalorian, but he was the worst father as as this guy. Yeah. Even though he got, and I gotta admit, like 
he got my wife with that scene at the end when he was like, you know, connecting with his son and just being like, I gotta go save my son. And then he ran back and he told it, you know, like he was telling his son, he's like, you know, I like, I just, I want you to know that I love you more than anything. And you're going to hear some things. And I definitely suck. I'm a sucky guy, but know that I love you. Like, and even though the location of where they had that conversation made no fucking sense, they were just in the middle of this. Like uh, it was the were, freeway that was 80 feet outside of the white house. You don't know that freeway Pierce. Exactly. Right. And, but it was also, like it was like he was on the freeway again that allegedly exists but probably doesn't i'm not as up on 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 my dc highways as i should be but like he ran outside his kid in the earlier scene was on the uh yeah his kid in the earlier scene was on the highway and then all of a sudden it seemed to be on like a lawn that was the not quite the White House lawn, but was close to the White House lawn, but there were also like a bunch of turned over helicopters and cars in the middle of this thing. And it was just this really weird. You still have destruction. Yeah. A fight scene. You still got a wreck. Oh, it's just, yeah, it was just so, yeah, it was just so weird that like, but like, I like, he definitely got my wife with that scene. She got a little teary and she was just like, he just wants his son to not think he sucks. Right? <laughs> and, it's like, and the kid's so cute. And he was mean to him earlier. I just, uh, he got me. So like, I mean, they got at least one person with that speech, which, you know, like it was kind of a sweet moment. And they, it was weirdly the most like earned thing they did in the movie by like establishing that he liked his, you know, that he was like just trying to be a big shot for his son. And then he, you know, he, he did the classic thing where he's like, I'm stretched too thin. So I take it out on my son sort of a, sort of a thing. Right. But it was, there, just... there was an arc there. Yes. Yeah. There was, there was an arc. Yeah. There was an arc there that they, they kind of built to, but it was just weird that <laughs> Pedro Pascal's Max Lord got this weird closure moment in this movie. That's supposed to be about fucking wonder woman. Right. See, Which... For me with that scene. Um, so Pedro Pascal renounced his wish while still on whatever Island with the communication tower. Um, and I guess then the White House copter is uh, still okay to go on. And yeah, like, yeah, we'll fly sure. it back. Don't worry about it. Yeah. I th- it's like it was like, did he drive himself back or <laughs> like what <laughs> happened there? That was yeah, it's definitely it's a, some plot holes for sure in this uh, in in this film. Uh, Lee Park, what's your take on Pedro Pascal in this movie besides I the mean, makeup? Yeah, I mean, yeah, the first thing was looks like Dave Chappelle doing a white man, <laughs> which was hilarious and yeah overall i mean i i love pedro pascal he can do whatever and i'm just like i'm I'm kind of on board and if anyone's gonna play a latino trying to be a blonde white guy in the 80s businessman also super villain trying to take over the world bad father then pedro pascal can do it <laughs> yeah that man could that man could play anything i i you, you had a little tidbit for us before we got on the podcast. You want to share? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. okay. I uh, Before starting the podcast, I was like, all right, let's fire up uh, the IMDb page in case I need to look up like an actor or something like that. And it was when I typed in Wonder Woman, uh, there is another Wonder Woman that Pedro Pascal was in. And yeah. this was in uh, 2011. There's a TV movie with also with actually a lower IMDb rating than this movie. Um, starring Pedro Pascal and uh, Adriana uh, Poliski. And uh, she's, uh, what I know her from is she plays the female villain in John Wick, um, who ends up breaking the Continental Rules. 
And yeah, she, there's she was big names in this. Elizabeth Hurley and Carrie yeah. Elwes. But yeah, uh, this is not Pedro Pascal's first foray in a Wonder Woman movie. Her biggest role was Tara in Friday Night Lights. How dare you? Um, <laughs> there was so much in this movie, Brandon. I forgot that fucking Simon Stagg was in this movie until I was just staring at the IMDb. Mm. Yep. Yeah. They just like glossed over. So technically, a three villain movie. If if you really want to, if you really want to break it down into into the, into you know comic book villain lore, there's technically technically a three villain movie. Even though Simon Stagg was was short lived, and uh, we definitely didn't get uh, uh, we definitely didn't get Elemento and whatnot in this one. So uh, yeah. perhaps next time. Perhaps next time. I don't know. Most are you going to do, are you doing a round of like who we'd like to see in future Wonder Woman movies as villains? Or? I'm going to say the same thing I did after this. I'm going to say the same thing I did after the, uh, after the first one, the, the Furies, just all females all the time. Like, but they're doing the new Gods movie. They're not going to give those up. No true. way. They're not even of Grail, I don't think. I'd love to see Grail go head to head with, with, uh, with Wonder Woman, but it's not going to happen for a while until they get new Gods up the ground. True. Yeah. But I'm, like, I'm, yeah, Marta and and her like mouthing off at each other, chirping each other. That'd be that'd be dope. Yeah, just get like Gwendolyn Christie as Big Barda, and then mm-hmm. Gwendolyn Christie standing next to uh, standing next to Gal Gadot, just fighting a, a bunch of other ladies that can later be cast as the Furies. That's that's my yeah, dream. Yeah, but you're yeah. you're probably right that that's uh, that they got to use that in the New Gods. Um, I mean, I guess we should. Uh, we haven't really talked that much about Kristen Wiig. We got we got back into it a little bit. I mean, I I like. I thought this She's is obviously good. a bit of a yeah. I thought I thought she was a lot of fun, and anytime she was on screen, it's just god damn it. This is I I I think the future for me, as far as every time I think about Wonder Woman eighty four, I think it's going to fall in the same category for me as the Suicide Squad movie, where every time I look back at the Suicide Squad movie, I just get upset. Because the Suicide Squad movie is like 60% a damn good movie. And then the back half of that film, the back 40% to half of that film, just falls apart so insanely that it it, it drags it down to this level of like, wow, how did that even happen sort of a thing for me. And I feel like I'm going to have, like any time I think about Wonder Woman 84, I'm going to have the same thing where I was just like, Wow, they had a shot to do, uh, to do a good movie. If only they just did one villain instead of two. And, and yeah, they, if they had actually just leaned into like maybe even just the cheetah part of it and made a really interesting yeah. and complex character uh, like interaction between her and Diana with more than three points on their like you know character arc, mm-hmm. it, it could have been actually pretty neat. Like you can also introduce some like interesting motivation between the characters. Uh, you know, for what they're doing, but at the the way that the movie ended up, they were just kind of like doing stuff, and you're like, why? And they're like, well, yeah. it's past now. Because the because the fight scene that they have, it, it, and like, the, I, I'm trying to build to it, but like, I, there's no way to build to it. The fact that the fight scene that they have in the White House is somewhat narratively interesting because it's like Kristen Wiig's really going like like this is where she makes her big wrestling style heel turn and she's like no I'm not going back to what you know the, the person I was before and it's like okay we're doing some real shit here Diana's trying to talk her down and she's like no and meanwhile she's losing the fight it's just the fact that that fight scene takes place in like the the fucking White House 
is just out of control, right? It's just like it's just they're they're having this cathartic character building moment, but it's also just like you know the, the guy with the bad Reagan impression is there, and and he stole his Secret Service, and and friggin' Chris Pine's having to fight off Secret Service members. Although that gave Chris Pine his best moment of the movie when he stole the guy's weird like arm twist move and was just like, ha! I just learned that, right? Like that, that that to me was it would gave him his best moment. But at the same time, he was just like, man, that would have been a really good moment. It's just they're throwing each other through the pillars of the goddamn White House. It's like, why are we even here? This makes no sense. Oh god, they they just that was another thing is I they made the stakes way too high in this movie where it was just like a global fucking catastrophe that yeah I don't I, I don't I don't think the stakes needed to be quite this big where it was like the entire world has to renounce their wish at the same time due to a a great speech by, by well Diana. that is, you know this great kind of like almost retcons yeah. you know the future stuff when they finally they discover wonder woman it's like ooh, you know she's been around for a while and it's like hey remember that time in 1984 when she talked to the entire yeah. planet yeah who's that mysterious woman vo- i guess they didn't see her but at the same time like nobody ever i guess nobody questions like who is that mysterious woman voice that we all listened to during that moment where the planet was about to get blown up by that by that one guy uh so weird so weird Ugh, it's just oh man anybody else have anything they want to add on this movie it's a good thing all the, uh, none of the wishes were on like you know a global catastrophe or like you know let's just remove the sun fair <laughs> stop, yeah. the, stop the center of the earth yeah, yeah I guarantee you like that's a I guarantee you some Thanos old lady snap. is the sun is too bright please yeah. move it away yeah it's just like <laughs> Oh, it's man. also, I think it's pretty unbelievable that everyone would actually renounce her wish. Cause you just know there's yeah. literally a million people out there who is like, I would like $500 so I can eat this month. Yeah. And, yeah. and then like, seriously, I need to give that back. Yeah. <laughs> like, ooh, I have I a boil me. on my ass. I don't want that back. <laughs> exactly. Right. Like... <laughs> no, I mean, even like I want to, you know, fucking hit of heroin. Cool. Yeah. I already used it. Yeah. Like, or like, I'm sure there was, if I'm I were sure to wish for it again, <laughs> I, I'm sure there's at least some person in a wheelchair who was like, "Boy, it'd be pretty cool to walk again." <laughs> and Wonder Woman's like, "You got to give it back." And it's like, "Oh man, really?" <laughs> like, just I don't mean to go completely dark on it all, but like, yeah, it was just it, it could be even flimsy. worse too if it's like someone else. Man, like I wish my dad could really walk again so he could play catch with me in the backyard. And Wonder yeah. Woman's nope. <laughs> yeah, just, oh yeah my they didn't God. show they didn't like yeah someone's gonna make a parody move yeah, version of that on the net for sure this video. <laughs> yeah i could see like how it should have ended or somebody like that somebody somebody <laughs> with more talent than myself making making you know little skits like that on the it'll net. end up with like, a little kid dying from cancer going no hope no hope just like yeah so just just yeah exactly like the yeah, end of South Park. like someone someone wished for a cure for cancer to be free <laughs> to the whole world yeah. <laughs> Wonder Woman again is like, no, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> get back here, cancer. Yeah. People gotta take the long back. road to get to that. Yeah. Oh God, what Work a bizarre movie. Um Yeah, Wonder Woman wagging her figure, uh uh uh, no cheating. Mm-hmm. I mean <laughs> I, I guess we haven't like really talked to that, but I like this song. I don't know. Yeah. I mean <laughs> Uh, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, again, it's the same thing as Suicide, where there's good shit in this movie. It was just so poorly executed, because they just try, again, they're just trying to do too much. 
absolutely trying to do too much in these. It's just a staple of these DC movies. Is they're 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 trying to do too much. That's why I like Birds of Prey because Birds of Prey was just like, okay, it's Harley Quinn and we're we're gonna introduce some people, but we're gonna have one villain and they're they're all kind of gonna be like. Like, we're all going to be connected to this diamond thing, so it's going to be heist style, and everything's going to... Yeah, it's just one plot going on at, the, at a time. It's... it's Yeah, it's, it's and plus, it's like, just... like, Journey Smollett is fucking dope. She's awesome. Oh, she played so Blank. Awesome. You Blank guys been watching Lovecraft? I gotta finish it. I never finished it. I watched it every... Uh, up to the fifth episode when it was coming out. I'd, like, sit there every week, and then I just fell off. I feel like uh, I gotta get back to that now that you're reminding me that you know, yeah. by way of I, birds of prey that exists. I definitely, I definitely watched what I thought was the best episode of television in 2020, which was the world's slowest car chase episode of, uh, where oh, I was just like, I, like, I, I'm not gonna, I don't know. I don't want us to get into it because I'm, we're only going to be here for another half hour if we do. But I just remember being like, I've, I've never been, I've never sweat so much with people going 10 I miles know. an hour, basically. Right? It's just like, God, damn it. Fucking it's brilliant. Fucking TV, man. Yeah, fucking brilliant. Anyway, back to one on one. Uh, Gal Gadot, I like. She just has this like, you you know who, to me is Gal Gadot the the female twenty twenty version of of Schwarzenegger, where it's like. No, Schwarzenegger's she, way more charming, man. You I think still so? want to see just... that Hamlet uh, rendition from Last Action Hero. I was talking to someone about that the other day. You know, mm. with him to be or not to be, like yeah. the cigar, not to be. But I... <laughs> I don't, I don't think, think I'm out of line making this comparison, though, right? Because, I mean, they're, they're two people, not the greatest of actors, can't really hide their accents, but, you know, they've got enough charisma and, and whatnot that when they're on film, you're like, I'm having fun, right? Like, I'm I'm just having a lot of fun. Yeah, and I just great. But, like, nobody ever mentioned Schwarzenegger's accent. He was always just like John Matrix. Like, oh, yeah, it's John. He's American. Like, True, they don't yeah. even try, try that with Gal because, like, oh, yeah, she's from Femiscare. Or, or, like, even when she was in the Fast and the Furious movies, where was she from in that? I Like, I think she was Israeli, right? Like, Yeah, she's supposed to be know. Israeli, yeah. Like, uh, is she awesome? 100%. She's a great Wonder Woman. Totally. But uh, I don't I don't think you can put her up there with Schwarzenegger. Give her another 20 years. I could be very wrong. But, yeah, yeah. not yet. Sorry. I'm going to hold out. I'm going to I'm going to stake my flag that I think she's she's at least like the career arc can can be quite adjacent. I mean, started off as a model where uh, Schwarzenegger started off as a bodybuilder. Right. I mean, just like there there's similarities in the career arc is just all I'm, I'm kind of saying. I mean, they, can she reach the heights of Schwarzenegger? Because Schwarzenegger was like the biggest movie star on the fucking planet for what, 10 years or something like that. Right. She She's not quite that. She hasn't quite reached those heights. But, you know, it's still time. Still time. Just need a couple yeah. of good Wonder Woman movies in there. Like we got, we got one and a half, one and a quarter. I'll give her one and a quarter good you Wonder know, Woman movies out of two. If she got her hands uh, in a, a good, like, well-written sci-fi role, she might mm. be off races in a very Schwarzenegger kind of way. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, totally. they're gonna go. They're gonna go back into. They're gonna go into space in the Fast and the Furious soon. And uh, Han came back, so uh, maybe she comes yeah. back. Although she'd be the most. She'd be more expensive than anybody at this point, I think, to yeah. to get to do a thing. But let's. Uh, Fast and the let's Furious not rule Moon race. Yeah, Moon race. You just wait. They're gonna be Tokyo drifting rockets in space. It's gonna be great. Um, Rob, uh, what what are your overall uh, grade or thoughts or whatever you have to say about? Uh, about Wonder Woman 84. 
Uh, grade is definitely going to be something like a five or a six because mm. I watched out of ten. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I'll watch it again unless mm-hmm. others are are watching it. So with the whole, you know, thirty dollars, you get it because you're not going to the theaters. It's a very different thing when you guys were talking about it earlier, um, like sitting down with the family and watching it. That is a very different experience than I had. I was laying on the couch by myself, just watching it, trying to stay awake. That sounds hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tell me more. <laughs> well, yeah. the lights were off. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> let me let me just yeah. turn the lights down while I while I watch Wonder Woman '84. Get some candles. Get myself right. Smoking jacket. Uh, the, yeah, well, I it, just it, visually it was I, like nothing wrong visually. Um, mm-hmm. but I just, I just didn't care. Now, yeah. maybe part of it is I know nothing about Wonder Woman and what goes on in the Wonder Woman comics and whatnot, short of the last Wonder Woman movie and whatever she's done in like Batman versus Superman. That that's my knowledge. So for me, I'm basically one of the people that they would be trying to market to of you are not a comic book person. You have no idea what this is. So I didn't really grasp anything of why things happened the way they did. And if it was to canon or anything like that. So to me, the cheetah showing up, my my response when uh, she showed up is like, oh, she's a cat now. Yeah, that, yeah, that did nothing for you. you had no okay. context for that, right? Yeah. <laughs> Other than she said, and that was the worst line of the movie. I thought was when uh, Kristen Wiig, and it's not Kristen Wiig's fault because she got fed this line by some poor sucker. Um, when, when she was like, "I want to be an apex predator," and it's like, "Where did this come from?" <laughs> that yeah, didn't that like, was like, that was a big old pile of cringe, and I was like, yeah. well, like, like yeah, that was, was kind of my thought like, too. Like, like a dinosaur or something now? Like that's the <laughs> <Yeah>. one. <laughs> cheetahs aren't, aren't apex right? either, right? Yeah. Now, if 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 someone asked, "Hey, Matt Pierce, would you like to have the speed and strength of a cheetah right now?" I would be like, "Why, yes, I would." But like, yeah, sure. At the same I time, cheetahs. Rest of your life, you're going to yeah. be, You're going to look like you're a uh, cast member of Cats. Yeah, oh, it look pretty dope. Uh, but I but I have the speed and the strength of a cheetah, right? <laughs> like, it's very important to me that I make this distinction, Mister Monkey's Paw. Uh, but yeah, I just yeah, it was just weird. But I mean, that's you know nitpicking on the nature channel is to be like you know oh you know cheetah's not an apex predator. The fuck do I know about that sort of shit, right? But that was just a bad line in a, in a comic book movie. That's you know like that's yeah, that was really weird. The, the one um, final thing I will say though is I did. I like the idea of the Dreamstone, um, mm-hmm. but when it's focused more on a personalized level of maybe only a couple of people get their hands on it and doing things as opposed to share it with the world and, you know, not establish what it's capable of and retconning itself repeatedly back to back. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, so loose with the rules. It's, it's also weird to me that, like, soundtrack wise they didn't they set the movie in the 80s and they didn't exactly use a lot of 80s tracks in this which to me is a bit of a swing and a miss right like why wouldn't you just throw in some needle drop 
like eighties, like Euromythrics or just I don't know the friggin' Super Bowl Shuffle. I don't care. Throw something in. Although it was eighty four and the Super Bowl Shuffle was eighty six, but that's just me being a sports nerd. But anyway, just since you brought up the soundtrack, I think there was one track that I really enjoyed. I just don't remember what it was. I got to now look up what was all used. Yeah, there was a just a Hollywood song in that scene you guys referenced earlier. The like the dress scene the cool dresses yes yeah. and that was that was really it though right they didn't really like yeah they didn't really and because there was the one scene that I, the weird music choice to me that they made was the the scene when chris when she's you know showing and it was a d- delightful scene when she's going around showing chris pine like hey you know check this shit out you're gonna be you know your mind's gonna be blasted when you see this and she shows him a a escalator right and he's just like, whoa, so cool. But for some reason, it was playing like this weird operatic like theme song. And I was just like, or, and I was just like, why are they playing this like this opera adjacent like like string quartet <laughs> music as opposed to, I don't know, something a little funkier and 80s style. It, like it, it just it, it wasn't fitting with the, the scene of the movie. I don't know that, that just just an odd choice to me then i don't know who the fuck am i but like, it just seemed like an it just seemed like an odd choice uh mike leapock overall what were your thoughts on the uh wonder woman 84 you know i mean i've said it already it was a mess it the plot made no sense it was kind of a pretty movie but overall it was just like this felt like a bunch of people writing it in separate rooms and then they're just like i guess we shoot this mm-hmm so yeah, I mean, if I was gonna give it a rating, I'd say I'd say its current rating of about five out of ten is fair. Yeah, <sighs> I think I think I agree with you guys. It's kind of it's it's a real shame because I really enjoyed the I really enjoyed the first Wonder Woman, and I and I do think that the that's the know, worst thing about it, right? Is that the first Wonder Woman was very strong. Yeah, it falls apart a little in the third act, I think, but like for the most part, it's yeah. it's a strong film, and it's and with a lot on the line too because it was the first time. That they were like, is it safe to say that Wonder Woman is the most important female character in, you know, in American like comic books between DC and and uh, and Marvel? I love how, you, how hard you thought about how you're phrasing that. You're like, okay, no, they made a rose. It's Park true. Yeah, I want I want to make sure I didn't, I want to make sure I didn't overstep. Yeah, I know. I just I wanted to make sure I would be like it's the most important character who's ever existed, right? But like she's she's the most important female character, and then and there was a lot on the line because you know we were trying to break the stigma of of a female. You can't have a a female driven comic book movie that works, you know, in the light of Elektra and the Halle Berry Catwoman and a Tank Girl, which is just you know a whole other set of kettle of fish, but yeah. uh. It's great. It's hilarious. And then, yeah, and then they kind of pulled, you know, they kind of pulled it off with like Wonder Woman, movie. and the No Man's Land scene was fucking brilliant, and, and yeah, it's just kind of a shame that this was this one kind of was just, eh, you know, like, eh, I don't know. What are you going to do? I, I hope they get, I hope they get a, I hope they get a third one. Is, I'm uh, going to disagree with all of you guys, and I had a blast watching this movie. As much as it is a absolute mess, it's a total yeah. mess get it but paula and i were both laughing hysterically like you know i'm joking like or i joked earlier i'm wearing i'll say it i'm wearing a miami connection shirt i love miami connection i love oh, like terrible things like that deep cut. Um, yeah i didn't want to you know uh i didn't want to sound too like hipster i don't have a 
twisty mustache or, or fedora, <laughs> but um, like you know, I love uh, bad, bad movies, and this isn't a bad movie. It's it's beautifully shot. Uh, you know, the editing is probably the best that they could do. Not the best written film. I thought the actors all had a lot of chemistry. It was. I had fun, not for the reason that they intended, but I still had a lot of fun. You know, I had fun yeah. with you guys making fun of it again. So I, 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 I have no complaints about the movie. If you guys want to go out and check out a good Wonder Woman story, you got to pick up Wonder Woman Dead Earth. It's a single self-contained oh, graphic novel by Daniel Warren Johnson, written and drawn. He's the guy that uh, um, I talked to you about not too long ago. Um, uh, Matt, where I was talking about uh, one of his one of his image books, but uh, he he, it's a like three issue book, but it's in a graphic novel now. Pick it up. I swear to you, if you want to see cool Wonder Woman, she uses I won't name the superhero, but another superhero's uh, spine and skull as a weapon, like you know, like a, a lasso, just whipping that thing around, hitting people and hitting monsters. It is dope. And it's in the future, and there's a big hole in Superman's chest at one point. It's uh, so that's that's real Wonder Woman. So check that out, and you will love Wonder Woman. Um, yeah. But yeah, this movie I love for not the reasons that people are supposed to love Wonder Woman. The complete opposite of that book. Yeah. Um, but I still <laughs> love it. It was it was it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, there's a definite cheese factor that, like, I can I can see us doing a commentary track, although it's too fucking long to do a commentary oh, track. No, yeah, no, it's not. We did Starship Troopers. That's true. God, I couldn't believe that movie was two and a half hours when we when we started that. But if yeah, I had to make the elevator, funny. That's true. Like yeah. this, there's definitely a cheese factor that I think will go with Wonder Woman '84. Yeah, for sure. If I had to make the elevator pitch for for uh, these two guys or just anybody listening on Wonder Woman Dead Earth. Um, it's the greatest picture... book ever fucking, uh, or written in our lifetime. Maybe, maybe fair. Yeah. Now that would be the, that would be the, the me selling it real hard, but I'm talking about if I were to make an elevator pitch, okay. imagine, imagine, uh, like imagine that, that, that the, the 1980, I believe it was 81's heavy metal, but mm-hmm. wonder woman and really fucking good. Instead of like imagine 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 like the heavy metal movie, but if Wonder Woman was in it and it was actually really fucking good, instead of Set like whatever the whatever the fuck heavy yeah, metal was, right? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Set in post-apocalyptica, uh, dope mm-hmm. sword, awesome mm-hmm. drawing, super monsters, like everything's just Wonder wicked Woman about charging that. that shit on a Pegasus and stuff like that. Just oh, cool. doesn't she lose dope. at one point or something? Or she's she's got some bandage over her face or something yeah, it sounds, like it, it sounds like it would have been a better movie than what we got here oh yeah it, <laughs> it came out after the movie guaranteed was already in production so uh, it, you yeah know, right, you convinced before. me i've already added oh. it to my card so this yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like new as of 2020 yeah 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 it came the, yeah. the floppies came out in 2019 yeah oh so actually technically yeah. it was a black label so i think they were um perfect bound so yeah. yeah, even the single, but uh, and then if you like that, go back and check out Murder Falcon, which is the book that Matt and I were talking about, which is a guy who um, uh, also Daniel jo- Warren Johnson book where he plays uh, he plays metal so awesomely that he summons a, uh, a rock and roll like metal bird to beat the shit out of kaiju's and and, and his his rock and roll uh, um, essence um, saves the world while he also fights cancer. It's pretty Just- dope. 
just dope shit. Just just the dopest shit. <laughs> this is the best way to describe it. Oh, anyway. All right, we got to get out of here. We're, we we've already gone on pretty long. Uh Wonder Woman 9, 1984. I'm I'm giving it like a ba- like a I I'm I'm going to be like I mean my official rating is I'm going to give it a bad thumbs up. Like mm-hmm. it's it's, yeah, it's, it's totally. a thumbs up but it's super crooked. <laughs> you know, right? Like I don't know. That's, that's uh, one broken give. thumb up. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to give it a I'm going to give it a bad thumbs up for sure, so even though it's like certainly some problems the cheese factor through the roof on this one um yeah i i just n- not a tremendous movie but i i gotta agree with brandon that the cheese the cheese factor is 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 great and there, there is good stuff but you know plot holes abound in this movie but uh i do want people to check it out because i want that's what i want to write number three for yeah. greg rucka tell him to forget yeah. that uh, old guard sequel and write write this instead yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Uh, crossover podcast available at the crossoverpodcast.com, facebook.com slash crossoverpodcast, and soundcloud.com slash crossoverpodcast. We're on iTunes. Please rate and subscribe. Five stars only. And as always, you do not have to listen, but please download the Crossover Podcast. We're also on Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. So uh, please listen to us on there and leave us a review and uh, pump up our numbers on there. Uh, we will be back later on in this week with Craig and Bill to talk about the wildcard weekend in the National Football League. Six games this weekend that we got to break down and talk about the gambling prospects uh, for everything going on this weekend. Uh, Brandon, you got anything you want to plug? Uh, I'm working on a lot of stuff, but it's uh, it's low-key. I still got some episodes okay. of Exploding Earth stuff that I, I got to pump out. You're going to be seeing like a, a really large abundance of stuff for me, probably, you know, around springtime until then, just like keep uh, Googling me, I guess. I don't know. All right. Awesome. Uh, Mike Leapock, Rob Callflesh. Great to catch up with you guys again, even though Rob, you've been on, I'm just going to lump you in there. Brandon, it was great talking to you guys as well. Always love doing these podcasts. And I don't think we have to wait long for more comic book stuff. Cause we're like uh, a week away from, uh, a couple of, uh, well, I don't know, like 10 days or something away from getting the uh, WandaVision show that mm. uh, looks pretty dope. I think they just announced that the, that's going to be nine episodes long. So we'll probably do something similar to what we did with the Mandalorian where uh, uh, we, we check back in after like, like we'll probably do like five episodes and then do the first half of the season, do a pod and then review the back half. Um, very excited for that. And then won't be long before we get uh Black Widow, one would think, because at some point, Disney's going to just be like, fuck it. (laughs) They're going to put it on Disney Plus for 30 bucks like they did with Milan, I think. But uh, yeah, definitely some stuff to look forward. Um, Like I said, Brandon, Mike, Rob, always great talking to you guys. Take care, and we'll talk to you next time on the Crossover Podcast.